Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Our guest today is Isla Brahma. Isla is a serial entrepreneur and owns Eros Essentials. She also runs a successful Instagram and TikTok account. Isla is very passionate about entrepreneurship and personal finance. She leverages a platform to help others understand money management and helping others understand how to better their financial future. In this episode, we discuss her family's journey to America, her path to entrepreneurship, and the lessons she learned along her journey. We hope you get a lot out of this episode. As always, be sure to hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and motivation. Thanks for tuning in. So Isla, we're excited to have you join us. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So for those who may not know you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Isla. And so my story is a little bit interesting. When I first came to America, it was because my family and I won the visa lottery and I was born in Albania. It's a very, very small country next to Greece. And a lot of people don't win the visa lottery. A lot of people, when they apply, they apply for many years and many of them don't get it. We applied on the first time and we ended up winning it. And how that kind of works is basically we don't win money because everybody thinks we win like a ton of money, but you essentially get a visa that you are allowed to live, you know, you apply where you want to live. So it's either like the UK or Italy or the US and we had applied for the US. When we moved to America, I was about six years old and my sister and both my parents, we knew nothing, <laughs> like nothing in terms of English. We didn't know anything about like America. So it was very new territory. My mom was a doctor and my dad was a professor. So they had pretty good jobs in Albania. And when we moved to America, it's kind of that typical story of like literally nothing. <laughs> like you start with nothing. Um, so they essentially had to work. We moved to Detroit for like six months and my parents had to start from zero. So they worked at a like car parts factory, like endless amounts of hours, like, you know, really hard shits, just like putting car parts together. And I just have like memories of us just like living in a super, super tiny apartment. We had to bring food to like my mom who's working. Cause like, you know, she wasn't going to go out and like buy something. So it was definitely really different in that moment. They decided that like, we could possibly move back to Albania, but we didn't make that decision. They were like, you know, we're here, we're going to figure it out. So then we decided to move to Naples, Florida because we just like knew someone there, you know, out of the whole US, that was like the one place that we knew. And so we went to Naples, Florida, and that was where kind of things changed. You know, we obviously we learned English <laughs> and I went to school there. I grew up there. My mom then went back to medical school. She ended up becoming a nurse. So, you know, to kind of like learn all the medical things from literally a whole new language, it was really, really tough. And I remember her just being in school and having to learn all these new terms and medical things. And then my dad also got a job in the hospital world as well. She kind of like let him into that. And fast forward to kind of present time. I kind of helped them with investments. Now they have a few properties. So it's definitely, they worked their way up. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of it. I went to college then at FAU and I graduated in 2019. And my sister now works at Amazon. She went to a really great school as well. She works at Amazon. She's one of the, like the higher ups in Seattle. So we kind of like all kind of figured it out. <laughs> like once we established ourselves in America, 
Wow. No, that's yeah. such a, that's such a great story, right? Like just a lot. <laughs> coming from another country and, you know, moving to this country as, you know, um, someone who doesn't speak the language, I can imagine how challenging that could be. And, you know, one of the things I love so much is that, you know, doing it with your family, right? Having your sister and your mom and your dad, and just yeah. trying to learn this new environment together, you know, family is like one of the most important <laughs> things you can have. And I'm sure that's what helped, you know, so much with you guys just kind of being able to just climb up, you know, to, to the success that you've gained. Definitely. Yeah. I have like stories for days about just like things that we've been through or like that we figured out. And it's just, it's crazy because I think a lot of times, like when you are kind of born in America, like you either know these things from other people who teach you, whether it's like, you know, buying a house or opening credit card or whatever it may be. And like, we literally had to like Google everything or like hear through the grapevine or like, you know what I mean? So it was never like any solid things because we don't have a lot of like these structures in Albania. Like we don't have a mortgage. We don't have, you know, we do have credit cards, but at the time we didn't, you know, when my parents left and when we left. So we kind of really had to learn everything from like literally a, yeah, no. So, so you're living in this new country, you, (laughs) your family is starting to, you know, your mom went to nursing school and your dad got a job in healthcare. So what was next for you guys? You know, I know that you were very young um, at the time, but like, how did you even get to the point where you became so entrepreneurial? Yeah. So that part is kind of interesting. So when I was still growing up in Naples and I didn't really realize this until honestly, like super recently, but I kind of always had a super entrepreneurial mind. So I remember like being, you know, 15 years old, 16 years old, like babysitting literally everybody's kids in Naples. Like I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make sure that I'm the best babysitter that any of these kids had. So I remember like, uh, you know, just babysit and Naples. Like, if you don't know, like Naples is a very like higher end type of city. It's a very like old money, you know, type of stuff, but everybody there essentially could afford a, a really high class babysitter. Right. So I had all the really nice families and I had like connections with everyone. And it was just amazing. Like I was able to kind of babysit a lot of kids in Naples. So, and I even had an idea of like, wait, why don't I like hire my friends and then they could babysit, but like, I'll take a commission because I made that connection that never ended up happening, but you know, maybe in another life. But I do also remember being in high school where, you know, my mom would make like lunches for my sister and I every single day, like every day we didn't eat, you know, we didn't eat out at restaurants. We really liked our own fresh food and her cooking was incredible is incredible. And I remember being at like a cafeteria and all my friends who were predominantly like American, you know, in the, in the wealthier genre, they would eat like cafeteria food, but my food looked great. Cause it was fresh and it was, you know, vegetables and chicken and blah, blah, blah. And so they'd be like, Oh, Isla, like your food is so good. Like, you know, can I try it? And I'm like, sure, you could sample it. And then I would be like, so if you wanted to like buy it, I'll sell you my lunch. So that's what I would do. I would literally have my mom like make an extra, like whatever it was. And I would go and sell it to my friends. Wow. That's (laughs) like, (laughs) that's really good at a young age like that. Yeah. And I never, I really never thought of it that way until recently. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I did that. Like, that's so crazy. And then lastly, the, another really entrepreneurial thing that kind of like guided me into like where I started my business and everything is in Naples. So the like resale stores that we had were, you know, with like Lululemon and really nice bags and, you know, stuff like that. 
So I would go and I would buy these upscale type of clothes and then I'd go and resell them on eBay when like eBay was like really popping. <laughs> um, so I kind of made a kind of a good amount of money. Like I was like, you know, 16 years old, like buying these, you know, worn Lululemons, but selling them on eBay. So uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it was crazy. I would sell anything, like anything around the house, anything I would sell. What do you think gave you that (laughs) type of disposition to, you know, be so business-minded at an early age? Because, you know, both your parents, they were more on, let's, I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to work my way up. But like, what do you think gave you that grit to kind of just, you know, seek out, like, how do I make money? How do I get other people to work for me? Honestly, it was more so like, I wanted to not work physically (laughs) and figure out a way to make that happen without having to sit there and like make money. Like even when I was babysitting, like I would literally sit there and like figure out, okay, what's really great on the market so that I can figure out how to sell it. Or I would like sit there and like do my homework or like get a ton of things done, like while they're watching TV or whatever it may be, like I'm doing something else that like, I just want to get done but I'm technically getting paid for it at the same time. So I think it's more so just like, I don't want to work for the rest of my life. Like that was really like my thing for honestly till like present day. So yeah, it was more so just like, how do I do things and get paid and not have to put in like too much work? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's I don't good. know how I figured that out. Like, me, but <laughs> I really like, that's like the best answer I could give. Yeah. I do I- also think that like people sometimes are very like, they're almost like born with that drive. I think some people like kind of have that, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's kind of where I might have it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, yeah, it's definitely innate and in some people, and then some people have to, you know, grow and develop it, but you know, I'm curious in your upbringing and just getting acclimated to new right. country. Uh, what was money like for you growing up? Yeah. So money definitely when we first really moved to America and even when we lived in Naples and such, it wasn't very lavish. It was very like, we literally, not that, not to say that we had nothing, but you know, it was a very small one bedroom apartment for four people. And my parents worked endlessly. My mom had two jobs. Like it was, you know, just crazy, crazy, crazy work, but also saving a ton of money. Like we didn't, you know, I think my mom got her nails done like recently as of like three years ago for the first time in her life. Uh, we didn't, you know, go on these crazy vacations. We only went once a year and we would go to Albania. But when we would go to Albania, it was like for a month, two months. Right. So it was like a really, it was, it wasn't very materialistic type of things when it came to money. Like we would spend it on experiences, vacations and visiting family. Also just growing up, like it wasn't like we did have a lot of money and that time span. So it wasn't, you know, like, oh, here's, you know, 20 bucks, like go to the movies. No, no, no. You could stay home. You go watch a movie here. So, but you know, at the time, like you're kind of young, so it's like, it's whatever, but looking back on it, it's not like we were given, you know, my sister and I were like given tons of money to just like go spend or whatever. Cause there wasn't really much. Yeah. What, what do you, what money values do you think your parents instilled in you, you know, given being an immigrant (laughs) and, you know, (laughs) coming to this country? Definitely to save. That was like their biggest thing. And we've had a really hard time unlearning these things, but it was definitely to save, definitely, you know, to have credit cards, never to overspend. Like they were really, really good with money because they had to be. So when it came to money and the relationship that my parents taught me, it was more so be really responsible, 
always, you know, have money on hand, but don't spend too much, always spend what you can. So it was very conservative, but very smart as well. It also wasn't discussed, like, you know what I mean? Like business or anything like that was never discussed. Investing was never discussed because they didn't know anything. So, okay. So now we want to learn more, talk more about your business that you started. So, you know, you had this entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and that led you to create your business. Can you just tell us more about that? So I was at FAU and I actually recently made a TikTok video about this that kind of blew up and I didn't think it would blow up, but that's kind of how it goes. So essentially on my last year of college, I had worked. So I had a lot of experience up until, you know, that point in marketing. And I had also worked at a few other marketing agencies. So I did at that point where I'm, you know, about to graduate at 21 at that point, I was like really ready to take on a full-time marketing position. So I worked at this marketing agency and it had maybe, maybe been like six months or something. And they really liked me. They wanted me to take on, you know, a higher position and a full-time position. So I remember so clearly they walked me into the office and I was about to graduate maybe in a month. They walked me into the office and me and the director, my higher up had a conversation about me coming on full-time and, you know, he's telling me all these responsibilities and how, you know, it'd be great, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, great. So how much is the salary? And he tells me that they are willing to pay $26,000 for the year. And I just remember crying, (laughs) like tears just flowing, both because I'm really angry and upset. And secondly, because I just knew that that was like impossible to live on literally for anyone in the U.S. three years ago. And I remember saying, well, that's too little. Like, how am I going to how am I going to survive? And he was just like, well, the surrounding marketing agencies are paying way less. So take it or leave it. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to leave it. I'm out. (laughs) So that was very hectic. However, I knew that I had a passion in natural skincare. Like I loved it. If you see me in a grocery store, I'm literally sitting there turning, you know, products and reading labels all day long. I love the science behind it. I love reading ingredients, everything that has to do with it. Also, I know the marketing side of it. So a lot of the products that we do have are lies. You know, they will literally tell you like, it's super organic, super this, that, and the other. And then you flip it over and it's like really toxic ingredients. So that was a very, you know, big thing for me. And in that moment, when he told me my salary, it was over. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm taking this on full time. I'm becoming a business owner. So that's what I did. I ended up literally Googling everything, how to open up a business, how to get XYZ license. And I messed it all up. (laughs) I messed it all up. Taxes, everything. I messed it up so badly, but I did end up figuring it out and moved to Miami from Boca and literally built this business from scratch. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I cried literally every single day for a whole year and a half because I had no experience and no guidance as to literally how to open up a business. Like even the basics of things, right? So like, how do you create a label? How do you get the label printed? How do you source a bottle? How do you source the product? (laughs) Like, where does this all come from? And in the beginning, when I was making my own skincare, like in my dorm, because I really didn't trust a lot of the products that were out there, I was literally grabbing like my salad mixing bowl and mixing like shea butter with like lavender oil and like whatever. So I couldn't do that anymore. Like that's not, you know, you can't really sell that. So I actually, I want to like talk a little bit more about that, that dorm room experience, because so this skincare line actually started while you were in school. Yes. Can you just tell us more about that? Like how, how you were mixing yeah. <laughs> butter in a bowl? 
So yeah, no, honestly, essentially it was because of the fact that I was using like these wholesome products, right? That's what the labels say. And I like my skin was just not looking as it should. And I was eating really, really well. Like, like I said, we've always eaten really fresh, organic things and worked out, you know, had a really healthy regimen and nothing was working. Like these products were almost making it worse. And that was kind of when I started to understand the back end of things, the science behind it, the molecules, you know, everything that goes into it. And a lot of the products, like I said, work kind of BS, like they were lies. And that's when I was like, I'm going to just make my own, like, you know, like, what is this? And so I did, I literally ordered like shea butter off of like Amazon, <laughs> like raw shea butter and ordered, you know, lavender oil and then ordered like a little bit of shimmer. Cause I wanted, you know, shimmer in my lotion and started mixing it literally just started mixing it in my dorm room. <laughs> did you sell this to any of your, your, the other students at the school? Or was it just unfortunately, unfortunately I didn't. However, I did have people that were like, Oh, what do you use? You know, things like that. So that kind of sparked it, but it was kind of like the first product that I would essentially launch because it's the only thing that I'd created at that point. Uh, but no, I didn't like sell it to anybody because <laughs> I don't think it would be sanitary anyway. So, so yeah. So as far as your business today, where's the stand, how much have it grown? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So after, you know, after the, my director had basically told me that he'd pay me peanuts and I took on a whole different business side of things after that first like year and a half where I really, really had like a super hard time. I just remember like losing a ton of weight. Like I would forget to eat. I was so stressed. Like there was no sleep. I would learn. I had to figure out how to code a website. You know, I literally had to go to like YouTube and looking back on it now being open for about three years, it has grown exponentially to the point where I'm just like, how did this happen? Because things really snowball. So from that point to now, honestly, I kind of really took the marketing side that I knew and the social media world that I know. So, you know, I reached out to influencers. I worked with really great ones. One of them, you know, was amazing. She essentially, we had like a partnership where she would post it once a week and basically promote it very organically. And then I'd give her a percent of the sales and she made me like 18 K in like a week, like just really, really great kind of marketing. Cause I understood that world. And because I've also done like some influencer type stuff on my end. So I understand what they want, what they ask for, how it works, how you need to treat them. So that really kind of flowed very well. Then I also explored into wholesale. So being in a few stores, being in a few salons, uh, reaching out to friends that I had that had, you know, salons and spas and things like that, kind of like, Hey, you know, this is my product. You know, can you either do a consignment where they like pay you as you go, as you sell or buy wholesale? So, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's really, I think that's really inspiring, right? Like, I, I love the way that you had like this hustle to like, you know, just get it off the ground and by any means necessary. So like, what would you, what advice would you give to a listener who's like, Hey, like I want to start this business, but I have no idea where to start. Like what, what can you just tell that person? So I've gotten this question a lot. And I think honestly, the one piece of advice that I think is super extremely important would be to literally write down one step that you need to take to get to opening that business. Because that's what I did every single day for, I don't know, maybe two months. I would literally write down, okay, today I'm going to figure out, I'm going to Google how to open a website or yeah, how to open a website. The next day I would figure out how to pay taxes, 
the next day I would figure out like everything had to be at a day's pace and it's going to snowball and you're not going to get up from that computer until you figure out how you open a website and how to pay taxes period. Like you have one task a day and that's it. And you have to do it. That's it. That reminds me of the book, uh, the one thing, mm-hmm. uh, where the focus, you know, is one thing on a yep. daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, g- a great book. Yep, Check it definitely. out. So what resources, you know, you had to do a lot of Googling, a lot of trial and error on your end, but what resources would you point other future business owners toward? I would definitely say that if you have the capital, reach out to CPAs and things like that to really solidify the core part of your business. When I say that, like I Googled everything and I knew literally zero, I messed up. Like I really messed up on the first time of opening a business and things like that. I did then later find a really great CPA who could like unmess it up and like redid everything really well. But I think that if you have that capital, that you should start out with a very professional CPA who can actually get you all the documents that you need. And then moving forward, really, really, really utilize, like understand how social media and marketing works, because that is going to be the literally most important part of your business. Like you will, your business will not survive if you do not understand social media or hire someone else that understands social media. And I truly believe that you need to almost like take on the roles of all your business to understand how these things work. I had to learn how to code a website, but I'm really glad I did because now if I outsource it, I can tell somebody else like, Hey, I don't like this, change it. Cause I can understand it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah definitely. Advice. That's really good advice, actually. Especially as like small business owners, it's oftentimes you play every role in the beginning. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it really does give you skills so that when you do, when you are ready to hire a team, you're able, you know, I think it is important, you know, being able to do every person's job, maybe mm-hmm. not to the best. You don't have to be the best, but I think understanding 100%. and knowing so that it, God forbid you needed to jump in that you would be able to. I think that's, that's really good advice. And I think an important thing that you mentioned was understanding social media, mm-hmm. you know, this digital infrastructure is, is so important nowadays. Um, I wanted to know, so you said you made a lot of mistakes. What would you say is the biggest mistake that you would want people to avoid? Oh, there's so many. Where do I start? <laughs> um, I would probably say the biggest mistake that I made was hindering my own growth in terms of possibly not believing that I could reach a certain level of business. Because again, I think a lot of times we're encoded with experiences that we've had in our lives or family members telling you something and things like that. And when it comes down to it, like you need to be your own cheerleader and that's really, really difficult, especially in a system where we go to school and we take a test, we get rewarded, right? Like there's always a reward for whatever we do in our society. But when you open up a business, there is no reward. Like you need to keep going regardless of the fact that you're not getting paid. You're not getting, you know, people telling you, Hey, good job at work today. That's not a thing. So I think to almost like be your own cheerleader was a really, really hard part of it. And one of the biggest mistakes is that like thinking that you almost like can't do it. That was like the biggest mistake ever. Well, I'm glad you didn't let that stop you. And, you know, all the everyone listening, you know, to your point earlier, just take that first step. Take that one thing that you can do today that's going to yes. push you closer to your goal. So, Isla, this has been a really a great you. episode. Thank <laughs> you so much for just sharing your story with our listeners. You know, for those that want to connect with you, can you just tell our listeners where they can find you? 
Yes. So my skincare business is online and it is called Eros Essentials, E-R-O-S-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. <laughs> Erosessentials.com. And the Instagram is Eros Skin. So E-R-O-S-S-K-I-N. <laughs> And that's where my skincare is. (laughs) Perfect. And then lastly, we didn't get to touch on this, but I know you also do personal finance and uh, talk about investing. Uh, Can you just share, I guess, one or two gems that you've learned being in this space and then just give us uh, where people can find you for your personal uh, finance business? Yeah. So essentially when the finance thing kind of started is because of the business and it was because of, I started to make money and I was like, what do I do with this money? So I learned a lot about investing. I learned a lot about the stock market and I kind of took that and I grew it into TikTok, into social media, things like that. My TikTok is Isla underscore talks. And my Instagram is the same, Isla underscore talks. And it's basically sharing the information that I have in terms of personal finance, budgeting, credit cards, stock market, sometimes option trading here and there, but very informational things that I think all of us need to know in terms of finance and just spreading kind of the information on that. I've worked with a really handful of great companies so far, you know, being a kind of a smaller creator, they have put a lot of budgeting towards smaller creators. So companies like Credit Karma, TurboTax, Mint App have, you know, have been a really cool driving force for this social media part, the finance part. And I love the fact that I have it. And I actually just created the second business. I had to incorporate it. So now it's like two businesses, which is really, really cool, but very stressful, but I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're excited to see the great things you're going to do, Isla. So thank you so much for joining us. guys. Thank you guys for having me. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you.